0: Diffuse axonal injury. Diffuse axonal injury is a type of traumatic brain injury that results from blunt injury to the brain. In the United States, traumatic brain injury is a leading cause of death and disability among children and young adults. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that there are over 1.5 million reported cases of traumatic brain injury every year in the United States. Traumatic brain injury is classified as mild, moderate, and severe based on the Glasgow Coma Scale. Traumatic brain injury. Patients with GCS of 13 to 15 are classified to be mild, which includes the majority of traumatic brain injury patients. Patients with a GCS of 9 to 12 are considered to have a moderate traumatic brain injury, while patients with a GCS below 8 are classified as having a severe traumatic brain injury. The GCS measures the following three functions. Eye-opening verbal response, motor response. Diffuse axonal injury primarily affects the white matter tracts of the brain. Clinically, patients with a diffuse axonal injury can present in a spectrum of neurological dysfunction. This can range from clinically insignificant to comatose state. However, most patients with diffuse axonal injury are identified to be severe and commonly have a GCS of less than eight. A diffuse axonal injury is a, is a clinical diagnosis. Etiology. The most common etiology for diffuse axonal injury involves high-speed motor vehicle accidents. The most common mechanism involves accelerating and decelerating motion that leads to shearing forces of the white matter tracts of the brain. This leads to microscopic and gross damage to the axons in the brain at the junction of the gray and white matter. Diffuse axonal injury commonly affects white matter tracts involved in the corpus callosum in the brainstem. Interestingly, there is no association between diffuse axonal injury and underlying skull fractures. Epidemiology. The true incidence of diffuse axonal injury is unknown. However, it is estimated that roughly 10% of all patients with traumatic brain injury admitted to the hospital will have some degree of diffuse axonal injury. Of the patients with diffuse axonal injury, it is estimated that roughly 25% will result in death. This statistic may be underestimated as patients with subdural hematomas, epidural hematomas, and other forms of traumatic brain injury will not carry a true diagnosis of diffuse axonal injury. Postmortem studies have shown that patients with severe traumatic brain injury have a significant incidence of diffuse axonal injury. Pathophysiology, the primary insults of diffuse axonal injury lead to disconnection or malfunction of neurons interconnection. This affects numerous functional areas of the brain. Usually patients with diffuse axonal injury present with bilateral neurological examination deficits frequently affecting the frontal and temporal white matter. Corpus callosum and brainstem, the Adams classification of diffuse axonal injury uses pathophysiological legions in the white matter tracts and clinical presentation the Adams diffuse axonal injury classification grade 1 mild diffuse axonal injury with microscopic white matter changes in cerebral cortex corpus callosum and brainstem grade 2 a moderate diffuse axonal injury with gross focal lesions in the corpus callosum grade 3 a severe diffuse axonal injury with findings as grade 2 and additional focal lesions in the brainstem histopathology axonal portions of neurons have a mechanical disruptions in the cytoskeletons, resulting in Proteolysis, swelling, and other microscopic and molecular changes to the neuronal structure. History and physical. Diffuse axonal injury is a clinical diagnosis. Typically, diffuse axonal injury is considered in patients with a GCS of less than eight for over six hours. The clinical presentation of patients with a diffuse axonal injury relates to severity of diffuse axonal injury. For example, patients with mild diffuse axonal injury present with signs and symptoms that reflect a concussive disorder. These symptoms most commonly include a headache. The other post-concussive symptoms include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, and fatigue. However, patients with a severe diffuse axonal injury may also present with a loss of conscience and remain in persistent vegetative state. A very small number of those patients with severe diffuse axonal injury will regain consciousness in the first year after injury. Other common neurological manifestations include dysautonomia, dysautonomic symptoms include tachycardia, tachypnea, diaphoresis, vasoplegia, hyperthermia, abnormal muscle tone, and posturing. Evaluation. In general, diffuse axonal injury is severe form of traumatic brain injury. Therefore, the implementation of an advanced trauma life support protocol is a standard of care for all head injured patients. A definitive diagnosis of definitive axonal injury can be made in the post-mortem pathologic examination of brain tissue. However, in clinical practice, a diagnosis of diffuse axonal injury is made by implementing clinical information and radiographic findings. Understanding the mechanism of head injury patients facilitates a differential diagnosis of diffuse axonal injury patients who experience rotational or acceleration deceleration closed head injury should be suspected to have a diffuse axonal injury generally diffuse axonal injury is diagnosed after a traumatic brain injury with a gcs of less than eight for more than six consecutive hours radiographically computed tomography head findings of small punctate hemorrhages of white matter tracts can indicate small diffuse axonal injury in the setting of an appropriate clinical presentation. Overall, CT head has a low yield in detecting diffuse axonal injury related injuries. Currently, magnetic resonance imaging, specifically diffuse tensor imaging, is the the imaging modality of choice for the diagnosis of diffuse axonal injury. A recent report suggests that acute gradient uh, recalled echo MRI will enhance the detection of axonal injury in grade 3 diffuse axonal injury patients, suggesting that it is most likely a better diagnostic tool. It should be of note that the diffuse axonal injury should be strongly considered in patients that fail to improve after receiving surgical evacuation of subdural or epidural hematomas. Conversely, if patients drastically improve after surgical evacuation of a subdural epidural hematoma, diffuse axonal injury may not be present. Currently, there is no laboratory test for the diagnosis of diffuse axonal injury. However, there is a current research on identifying molecular markers in the serum of traumatic brain injury patients to help aid in the diagnosis of diffuse axonal injury. Treatment or management. Treatment of patients with diffuse axonal injury is geared toward prevent- prevention of secondary injuries and facilitating rehabilitation. It appears to be the secondary injuries that lead to increased mortality. These can include hypoxia with coexistent hypotension, edema, and intracranial hypertension. Therefore, a prompt care to avoid hypotension, hypoxia, cerebral edema, and elevated intracranial pressure is advised. Initial treatment priority in traumatic brain injury is focused on resuscitation. In a non-neurotrauma center, trauma surgeons and emergency physicians may perform the initial resuscitation and neurologic evaluative treatment to stabilize and transport the patient to a designated neurotrauma center expeditiously. Intracranial pressure monitoring is indicated in patients with a GCS of less than 8 after consultation with neurosurgery. Other considerations for intracranial pressure monitoring include patients that cannot have continual neurologic evaluations. These are typically in patients receiving general anesthesia, opioid analgesia, sedation, and prolonged paralysis for other injuries. Cerebral oxygen saturation monitoring can be used for intracranial pressure monitoring to assess the degree of oxygenation. Short-term, usually seven days, anti-convulsive treatment can be used to prevent early post-traumatic seizures. There is no evidence that this will prevent long-term post-traumatic seizures. However, there is emerging evidence that progesterone treatment in an acute traumatic brain injury may reduce morbidity and mortality. This cannot be routinely recommended at this time. Overall, the treatment of patients with diffuse axillant injuries is supportive care and prevention of secondary injuries. Differential diagnosis, subdural hematoma, epidural hematoma, subarachnoid hemorrhage, various intracerebral hemorrhage types, ischemic and hemorrhagic cerebrovascular accident, concussion, post-concussive syndrome, hypoglycemia, prognosis. Prognosis is considered to be poor in patients with diffuse axonal injuries, complications. Dysautonomia is frequently encountered. Unfortunately, no definitive treatment exists and supportive care is advised.